this is Don Mansley, Employability Officer. And Charlotte Ford, Career Consultant, based in Careers and Employability at the University of Liverpool. And you are listening to the Academy's Developing Practice podcast. Hello, in this episode, we chat with Dom and Charlotte about working with academics to integrate employability and sustainable development into the curriculum. We hope you enjoy. Dom and Charlotte, we're really pleased to be speaking to you today. We're delighted to be hearing about how you've supported academics in environmental science to embed employability and sustainability into the curriculum. But before we get started, we'd really like to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so could you tell us about how you both arrived at the positions you're in today in careers and employability at the university? Yeah, sure. Hi. So, yeah, really for the last 17 years, my experience has been focused on developing career management skills in different settings. And that's really been with all levels of learners. So after graduating from university, I spent three years in the private sector. And this is where I worked with a caseload of adults who had various health conditions. And really my role there was to help them to enter into employment. After that, I then spent 11 years in further education, working with a range of students at all levels of study. And this was really around helping them to navigate their career journey into university or employment. So here, what I had to do was um, work with academic departments and really make sure that they were embedding employability within their provision and also managing the tutorial programmes. And that leads me to where I am today. So I'm here at the University of Liverpool now. I've been here for the last three years and my role is working as a career consultant. So it's really about focusing on supporting an integrated approach into graduate employability um, by embedding employability into key modules across the Faculty of Science and Engineering. And I, I really enjoy it. I work with some really absolutely brilliant and uh, enthusiastic academic colleagues in the faculty. And that's great because it allows us to embed employability at scale and also to work on some really exciting and innovating projects as well. Wonderful, thank you. And Dom, how about yourself? Yeah, so I'm not quite the expert or I have as much experience as Charlotte. So I um, studied law in university and graduated in 2016 and went straight into working in the law clinic, which is a in-house legal practice within the University of Liverpool in the School of Law and Social Justice. So I went for that role based on the fact that it was primarily to do with legal casework. So the way the clinic works is that it's run by in-house solicitors but supported by students so the role was really um partially legal casework helping with family special educational needs and really specific immigration cases so i applied for that because i wanted to kind of pursue that legal route um, and then the other side of it was supporting the students within the students enhancement team within the student experience office so it's really split and when i went for the role i was really not interested at all in the students enhancement side of it like it almost put me off applying for it um, i was dead focused on just doing the legal stuff and the legal casework and working with the clients and then actually when i got into the role i really enjoyed working with the students um, and it became my favourite part of the role. So I became really interested and passionate about almost making the students aware of the value of the work they were doing within the clinic. So a lot of them didn't see it as a work experience um, 
experience and they weren't putting it on the CVs, they weren't, you know, articulating skills that they gained from it. And I really enjoyed mentoring students and kind of building their confidence. And then a role came up in careers, which was basically doing that, but within the Faculty of Science and Engineering. So I then applied for that and got it, thankfully. Um, and that was 2020, it was just after the pandemic. So I've only been in this role for about a year and a half. Um, I'm in the same team as Charlotte, but I'm, I'm a, I am an employability officer. So I work on, it's so, it's so wide ranging, isn't it, Charlotte? It's like delivering the employability initiatives, doing some um, you know, curriculum design stuff within different modules and we work across all the different departments. So it's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. It's, it's actually so much better. It's so innovative and I love, <laughs> I love how much we can do within the faculty and I'm biased like Charlotte. I think we've definitely got a really good faculty to work in in that, you know, I feel like there is no limit to what we're able to do and be creative with different tasks and this module is like a really good example of that. Brilliant thanks Dom and is your role student facing then or are, do you work mainly with the academics or is it a bit of both? I'm more student facing um, and delivery um, there's some so for example for this task there was um, it involved a lot of liaising with the academics and negotiating different tasks but that's more Charlotte's role isn't it Charlotte? Yeah, um, yeah, so essentially, I think the role is so varied that, you know, every module is different, every academic is different, and we definitely have the, the opportunity to be really creative and innovative in what we do. So I think as we talk through, you know, the, the task and the module that we worked on here, you'll be able to see how we work together with Rick um, to create this activity. Let's get into that activity then. So I'm really interested in hearing about this. So I've purposely not read anything about about this. So I'm I'm going to hear this for the first time as are our listeners. So you've been supporting colleagues to integrate employability and sustainability into their curriculum. So how did it come about first off? Okay, well, Initially, um, it's an activity that's developed from some work that we did in a different module. So I'll explain a little bit about what we did there firstly, and then we'll lead into how this came about with ENVS 111, which is the module code what we worked on. So firstly, we worked with Dr. Gita Sedji in chemistry, um, and this was a task where we wanted to use the model of digital storytelling. And Gita wanted to create something specifically to coincide with the university signing the Race Equality Charter. So within this particular module, it's a year one module, Chem 180, um, students were asked to create a three minute digital story to answer the question, which is why is equality, diversity and inclusion important in the chemical sciences? support your answer with reference to how a key employer in the chemical sciences is developing initiatives around equality, diversity and inclusion. So this was a unique opportunity to work on this in a large scale way. So we, we you know, in terms of scalability, it was a really um, great opportunity because it was compulsory for all first year modules. And so careers and employability, we worked on this with them. And we also aligned it to the Royal Society for Chemistry's race and equality strategy. So really, this was a great opportunity to um, provide the ideal framework for all of the different components of this employability task within this module to fit together. So we had to make sure that the learning objectives fit, uh, were related to the wider Chem 180 module, which is focused on developing key, uh, key skills to be a chemist. 
but then essentially for us, we were able to embed employability within the student experience. So students were um, challenged around a critical issue that was really important to their professional and personal lives. But also we were able to bring in the university's curriculum 2021 framework as well. So within this particular module, we were able to draw upon key attributes of confidence, digital fluency, um, global citizenship, and also active learning as well. So it really was a great opportunity, um, you know, to, to bring all of those elements together um, and to work with Gita in this way. So that's the very first opportunity where we worked on this digital storytelling initiative. And then that led into the conversations with Rick and EMVS 111. Dom, do you want to take it over from here? Yeah, so for this specific task, which um, sits within EMBS 111, which is a cross-faculty first-year uh, module, so it's Climate, Atmosphere and Oceans, and Rick Williams is the module leader, so he couldn't be here today for the podcast, but he's also the co-lead for the Climate Futures Research Group. So this opportunity came about basically because of the network within the Education for Sustainable Development Working Group, which was one of the working groups that was introduced as the, um, in the sorry, in the University of Liverpool Sustainability Strategy. So essentially one of the senior leaders within that um, group sent out an email to a few members of the uh, working group, which I'm a member of, um, asking if, you know, for some ideas around how we can enhance the collaborative element of an assessment for EMBS 111. So Rick had, was really enthusiastic about our previous work um, with digital storytelling, as Charlotte's just explained in chemistry, and then also our sustainability focused work with sustainability in action, which is a optional module that we um, developed over the summer. So Rick was open to giving 10% to this task, um, and was just really open-minded about the topic, how it would run, but was really keen on developing employability of the students through the task. So after that email went round, I kind of jumped on it and suggested a few ideas. Um, and then after a few meetings with me, with Rick, sorry, we agreed the net zero digital storytelling task and which eventually um, ended up being 25% weight in, in, as opposed to the 10% original, which was agreed because of the, the depth of the task. Um, it was very active and it was quite authentic. And as you'll hear as we go through the podcast, it, the tasks involved were quite, quite heavy and, you know, asked a lot of the students so we, we upped that weight into 25 percent that's fantastic and these were modules that the students had to take they weren't optional modules so the EMVS 111 is an optional module so we had 104 students right. on cohorts across um maths chemistry ocean sciences geology and physics so within the within the school yeah but it was optional for them all Fantastic. And tell us what that actually looked like. Like, what did the, the module actually include to, to really embed those skills? So the assessment, as I say, it was weighted at 25% and it involves students working in small multidisciplinary groups, um, typically of four or five students. And essentially, we had to create a three minute digital story in response to an authentic task brief, which we set. So we required them to critically analyse the effectiveness of different policy options in the UK to net zero targets. So that was really aligned to the module. So as you can imagine, they're, they're very passionate about sustainable development. Anyway, they've opted in to study this sustainable, sustainability focused module. So we thought it was very you know, appropriate. Um, and when answering that task, they had to explore potential solutions to the challenge of reading net zero as well. So there was, there was quite a lot involved. So the task was designed to develop 
employability attributes in alignment to curriculum 2021, as Charlotte's just mentioned, and other in-demand transferable skills as well. So because they had to create a three-minute digital story, they were also introduced to digital storytelling techniques um, and encouraged to use uh, different platforms. So Canva is the one we recommended, although we were really flexible around what they could use. Um, some of them use PowerPoint, some of them use Adobe Spark as well. But we wanted to introduce this so that the students would develop that digital fluency and just be confident around using that technology to communicate their findings, really. So by working with others on, on the authentic assessment, it was designed to simulate the roles, sorry, the duties of the roles within sustainable development. So it wasn't authentic enough the you know, employer came in, but we really tried to align what the students had to do on the task so that it simulated what they'd have to do in the workplace. And it was very transferable. And we, you know, we really drummed this incident throughout the whole way so they recognised the value of what they were doing. We quite often got the job descriptions up with different roles so they could make the connection and, and say, oh, I'm doing that now, you know, I'll be able to apply that. And with them only being in first year, I think it's quite important that they recognise what they're doing so early on. So it just, it acts as a stepping stone and it opens up opportunities for placements that they potentially wouldn't have explored so that by the time they graduate, they are, they should be really confident in the experience that they, that they have. So they also had to research um, different topics and trends in sustainability and investigate scientific reports as well. So reports that were produced by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So they got that really scientific um, understanding and knowledge from them reports, and that was really aligned to industry as well. So the sustainability-related focus of the task really required the students to take both a national and global critical approach to the way in which we live. And that was really important to Ricky, really wanted that knowledge of sustainable development and wanted to be able to measure how the task impacted that as well, which um, we measured through a survey and found that it really did, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. So whilst the task was specifically explained and you know, we gave them a really detailed brief, it was quite broad in that there was a lot of room for negotiation. So they had to answer, they all had to answer the same task brief in the form of the digital story, but they were left a lot of room to kind of manipulate how they wanted to tailor that and choose a focus for their research as well through the potential solution. So we gave them a list of nine options and we found that every option was covered by the different groups of students, which probably reflected the um, cross-discipline, you know, aspect of this module. So it's really nice to see that the videos are actually all quite unique. Um, and they were all really in control of their research as well because they got that focus and we found that through the survey they really enjoyed that, they really enjoyed that active element of it and being able to kind of, you know, tailor how they learned and have that element of control over it as well. Brilliant. So can you give us an example of maybe one of the assessment outputs that really stands out in your mind? You're, you're talking about um, how lots of students maybe chose a PowerPoint. They obviously, you talked about a video as well. Is, is the one, I'm sure all the students did brilliantly, but is there one output that you think, oh, this was just great in terms of the way the students put together their, their PowerPoint or their video? Yeah, so the outputs were all very similar in that they all had to submit a three minute video. Um, and I think I couldn't really say that there was a, you know, Canva is designed so that, you know, you can create really innovative videos. So it was really obvious students who'd use Canva to create the video with the transitions. But ultimately, it was more about the content within the video for us and how they structured the story. So it was, as I say, really um, quite broad. We didn't give them too much detail on how to structure the story. So we found students using case studies from different countries and different companies and I was really impressed by that because we didn't tell them that we had to do that so one student one group sorry researched 
countries that were using or implementing free public transport and how that affected next year. And we didn't give them any guidance on that. So, you know, it's great to see first years getting so involved in the task and really taking control of their research and using these authentic case studies um, when we hadn't told them that they had to is what you know I found most impressive and then those who you know research and industry as well and what they were doing to help and just how passionate they were about how we could really meet the other UK could meet these net zero targets Wonderful. and what we're doing for like sharing best practice so I think that was definitely the most impressive thing for me rather than the actual video yeah brilliant, brilliant. So it was the content that they were investigating. Yeah. That's really good. And did you get much feedback from the students? I mean, to an academic, this sounds like an amazing piece of assessment, but did the students themselves feedback? Yeah, so we'd done a pre and post task survey. So the first one measured, you know, where they were at with regards to their understanding of sustainable development. And to be honest, they were all, you know, none of them had zero knowledge of sustainable development. They were all quite aware, again, given the subjects of the study, you probably expect that, but it did enhance um, that we, we've seen a, like a definite enhancement in from the results in the post-task survey. Um, and yeah, we, so we had three comments of the students comment on what they enjoyed from the task and they fell into like one of three categories. So the chance to develop skills. So many of them saying that they really enjoyed them, them group work skills and they really, you know, they, they lack that in other modules. Uh, the active element of the tasks, they really enjoyed this. They liked being able to take control of their research. Um, they liked how it simulated industry and the digital skills as well. So we, one of the questions is we asked, how did your digital skills develop? And 89% of the respondents said that they developed very well. Um, and then finally, the final category of the free text responses fell into that they really enjoyed the topic. So they enjoyed how relatable it was and um, how current it was, you know, COP26, it just happened so that they could, they could relate it to that. And they just enjoyed that sustainable development um, theme within the assessment as well. So are these the same students that were involved in the sustainability in action module? So no, they, so the sustainability in action module involved interns working over the summer who are paid right. to, so in 20, that sustainability in action originated in 2020. So we had six original interns who created or designed and developed that module. And then in 2021, we had a different set of interns who updated it. So these students are, um, they're not the same, but the students on this module may have completed it as a student. Right. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. I, I'm keen to, to understand who, who had a hand in that, because I think it's one of the best uses of, um, of Canvas that I've seen um, across the university. To be honest. I think it's really, really good. It's, you know, it's visually appealing, not just informative as well. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing what the students did. So it's a collaboration between careers and employability and CIU involved as well. So essentially we, um, you know, recruit a group of students in turn. So as I say, we had six in 2020 and we had another six in 2021. And like the vision for the modules there, but the, if the, the whole idea around sustainability in action is that student to student. So, you know, the, the test for that that we put in for the students in turn to working on it was, you know, are you going to read this? If not, get rid of it. Are you going to complete it? If not, get rid of it. Do you think this is boring? Yeah, get rid of it. So, you know, we wanted it to speak to the students and I think that's why it works so well. Um, and yeah, obviously the design is great and, you know, yeah. it's all inclusive and that's where CIE come in and they make sure that everything's really accessible and, you know, all students can access it. But it is a good initiative. It is, it is. It's brilliant. Um, this... This example that you've given to us about digital storytelling, I think this this is a really great example about how central student support teams can work with local departments to address 
the, those key areas that the university is really, really, you know, keen on the employability, the educational for sustainable development. So can you give us an explicit benefit of working in this way, you know, that, that sort of central team working with, with the faculties? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that collaboration is so important between central support teams and local departments, because like you say, it does help to address key areas of focus for the university. And we've particularly seen this with EMVS 111, but also other modules as well that we've worked on. Um, but the benefits really are multifaceted. So I think firstly, you know, support for students is embedded into the wider experience. And we know from our careers registration data, which is data that is captured at enrolment, that students' career readiness can be influenced by targeted interventions in the curriculum. In particular, at the moment, what we are noticing is that there is a reduction in student engagement. So by collaborating with departments to embed employability related activity, it helps us to reach groups of students who are reluctant to engage with us. But also support for academic colleagues as well. It provides an enhancement to their module as we can support with key tasks and delivery, which Dom has just outlined for you. But also it reinforces key messages to students, such as the support on offer from the career studio throughout their degree programme. But also we work a lot with employers and we can bring employers into the curriculum where it's suitable. It's not always suitable, um, but where it is, it's a really great, a great way to respond to new challenges such as those associated with sustainable development. And we love to support academic colleagues. You know, we love bringing innovation and different ways for students to work together on authentic challenges um, that employers face. So really for us, and, I, and hopefully for others as well, it's a three-way win because Dom highlighted that the students are really, you know, excited and, and interested to opt into this particular module with EMVS 1-1, so they are happy. Um, then also, you know, we're helping to raise awareness of employability and also helping students to join the, dot, the dots between what they're doing now and how that's going to help them later on. So hopefully, you know, the way that we've, we're trying to showcase this is that it's, um, you know, something that, that is a win for everybody and it's an enjoyable experience for all. Absolutely, Charlotte, that, that makes perfect sense. So just reflecting on the work that you've done with environmental science through this module, what key employability skills do you think the students have picked up? I mean, from what you and Dom have described, there's, there's so much in there um, around sustainability, but if you could just summarise for us, how do you think it's really enhanced their employ future employability skills? So definitely digital fluency and digital skills as a whole we know that because the survey confirmed that 89 percent of them um you know confirmed that that skill had developed well also communication linked to digital fluency so you know it wasn't just the technical elements of creating the video it was actually summarizing the findings and as you know the task we outlined it was so broad and that was the thing that they said they found most difficult was sticking to three minutes which i do fully sympathize with because i would as well but they all did it well most all stuck to the three minute <laughs> time time anyway but they did it well and what they were able to get into that three minutes um you know the evidence backing everything up was amazing so definitely communication critical analysis as well so you know, they were asked to make judgments, but back it up. So they had to analyze different reports, back up with scientific find, scientific findings. Sorry, um, as I said, some of them went to case studies from countries, from um, different organizations. So really having that holistic view of everything, um, and putting it into judgments, and then as I say, communicating it through a digital platform. 
and then obviously group work as well so that teamwork element so it was cross faculty groups um most of them had never met or worked with each other before so you know that project management within a group all were just really transferable to industry and the, the industries that they're interested in as well and i think a lot of them do stem from obviously the content of the digital storytelling assessment style or format that we you know we put together for them I was just going to say as well, I think, you know, talking about some of the key attributes as well, Dom, you know, um, we're hoping that because digital storytelling has so many benefits in, you know, helping to create groups of student communities and to help to get to know each other better as well. You know, we're hoping that confidence and, you know, all those um, elements of being a, a student in year one will really, have, this task will have helped to have brought them on in lots yeah. of different ways. Yeah, saying that, to be fair, confidence definitely, because a lot of them, you know, develop confidence in the skills they developed from the task that they wouldn't, you know, they don't usually get that kind of extraction from academic assessment. So they might do the assessment and then that's kind of it. But following submission of the assessment, we had another session where we, we really did extract them skills and show them how to articulate them. And I think that definitely grew their confidence. Then we showcased some opportunities that they could go and apply for, which generally first years are not, you know, they're not in that mindset, but they were because they, you know, they were aware of what they'd, they'd just completed within this module. So while it was an academic assessment, it, it also acted as simulated a work experience that they could put on the CV and it was like a stepping stone. So it's really nice to get emails from the students to say, you know, I'm looking to apply for this and I'm going to use this experience to kind of articulate what we've got. Um, so definitely the confidence as well, yeah. Well, it sounds absolutely perfect, doesn't it, in that, that regard? You know, you're getting them to think about those employability skills right from day one of their university life. Did any of the students have any uh, issues or any sort of difficulties with that digital storytelling aspect? Did you have to provide any sort of additional support on that to get people up and running? So not additional because it was factored into the support that we we, okay. uh, um, we gave so this they had six weeks to complete it so we introduced it in week two and the deadline was week 10 and we've seen them every other week so we've seen them in weeks two four six eight and ten so in week two we introduced the task and we gave them the opportunity to meet the group so we had um an in-person gamified escape room style activity so it was you know they were kind of thrown into a group and um had to work on this a sustainability focused escape room to you know bond and create that team dynamic and then week four was all around the digital story so we give them um, a few examples of tools to use with a demo on how to use them and um, information on how to actually you know put your story together so thinking about creating a storyboard a script and that project management style and then um week six and eight were more support and group work again and then we concluded in week 10 with the extracting your employability session where we showed them how to actually showcase their um their projects so not additional because we did have a full session on digital storytelling and as far as i'm aware the students were fine with it you know we didn't get any any questions around the digital storytelling aspect of it actually or the you creating the video it's something that they seem quite confident on once they've had the demo yeah probably more of a native skill than i would have thought it would have been for maybe my generation yeah <laughs> maybe that's wonderful thanks don so there's so much within this um, that works across our institution in terms of our agenda around sustainability. And the model that you are both describing just seems to me to be highly transferable to a whole range of disciplines. So do you have any plans to support academics working in other fields in this regard? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, obviously, the work that we did with GITA in, in 
you know, how we started off with digital storytelling. Um, and that was across the theme of um, equality, diversity and inclusion. So we've actually used it a few times now um, and it's worked really well. So obviously um, we run it with chemistry. We've also run it with maths, the first year maths module, Math 111 with Dr. Simon Fairfax. And we are developing now this into a second year module. And we're going to be um, trialing Canva Pro to see how the students get on with this software to record their stories. So different from equality, diversity and inclusion within these modules, we're more focusing around the journey of skills development whilst working on a group project that relates to the wider learning outcomes of those particular modules within maths. Um, and there are some conversations happening now, Dom, aren't there, across using um, digital storytelling with other themes? Yeah, so I think um, specifically within sustainable development, there are conversations happening in different faculties. Um, we share practice quite widely amongst the team. So obviously, you know, the different faculty teams, whilst me and Charlotte sit within science and engineering, there's also a specific faculty team who do similar work to us within HSS and HLS as well. So I think there's conversations happening, really early conversations happening there um, around embedding a sustainability related task. And I think given you know, the transferability of sustainable development and like the holistic nature. So it just applies to every department, whether they go down the environmental pillar, like we were really heavily focused on the environment, environmental side of sustainability, but, you know, you can just as easily adapt any of the content that we've used and the support sessions that we've used to um, an economic focused task or a social sustainability focused task as well. So yeah, them conversations are happening and it'll depend on the actual focus for the task but the, the structure that we've used for this assessment can essentially be transferred to any to any topic really wonderful and I assume if colleagues are interested in exploring this they should get in touch with you yeah definitely so this podcast is called the developing practice podcast and we like to finish each episode in the same way where our guests give us a couple of take-home tips that the listeners can reflect on in terms of their own personal practice. So if you could give us a couple of tips each, what would they be? I think reflecting on this task, definitely, you know, the importance of it being assessed. I think the fact that it was assessed obviously encourages the students to, you know, get engaged with the task and put the effort in and, you know, see it through. Um, what I'd say is we, the students for this task, for this assessment had quite a long time. So they had six weeks and you know naturally I'm the same you leave some things last minute and they didn't make use of the time so introducing a formative assessment as in as a midpoint I think we will we will do that for when we run this assessment again just to kind of give the students that push and that did come back and the student feedback um actually that they would appreciate a formative you know formative point of formative assessment but I think yeah definitely definitely getting assessed if you kind of think you know the one thing that you can kind of guarantee students are going to engage with is the curricula and you know it's not doesn't necessarily mean that students who don't sign up to these extracurricular events aren't interested it's just they might not have the time whereas because this is assessed we were there the assessment was timetabled and yet they got this assessed task but they also got introduced to internships and skills that they may not have otherwise realized and they've also got a connection with us now so it's it's likely that we'll see a lot of them throughout their student journey from day one so I think being assessed is definitely definitely key and then I think something like for me would just, you know, be to academics, just to be quite open-minded. So if anyone's got like a module where they are quite keen to redesign um, a certain element of an assessment, um, just having that conversation with 
us increase in employability to see what you know what what we could do so if you think about this one 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 task you know this stems from a really early conversation where rick wanted to redesign the group work assessment part of the task and it could have went one or two ways so rick was great to work with and he really wanted us to have control and we basically you know we did everything from the, the design of the task the writing of the brief all of the support sessions setting up the microsoft teams assessing the work we were very hands-on um, you know, because Rick was happy for us to be, and we obviously liaised with Rick throughout the whole thing, um, got everything approved, confirmed. If he wanted more control, then we would work in that way. So we very much react to how the academic wants us to work. But I think just being open-minded to, you know, kind of perceive them barriers that sometimes embedded employability can have. So it's not just us coming in and doing a CV session. It's literally delivering the whole support for the task and the benefits and, you know, thinking about the student satisfaction of that as well, I think will be my very long tip. <laughs> um, and then one from me is around data. So I think, you know, it can be really useful to better understand the cohort that you've got and also knowing where students are within their journey. And that can be really useful for, you know, creating and developing tasks. So we've got a couple of data sets that can be really helpful to know which way to go when putting an activity together. So where are your students sitting and how can we tailor that certain intervention? So for example, there's no point putting on, you know, a task or an assessment that's focused around recruitability if the students have no idea where they want to go or what they want to do. So I think just better understanding your cohort, you know, we, we can help you with that. And then another one from me is external sources. So we have an employer connections team within the careers and um, employability department, and it can be really useful to um, bring employers in to, you know, do more around real life applications of skills and, and also how they are valued by employers as well. So by bringing employees into the curriculum, it just helps students to kind of get outside of that university bubble a little bit more and to make those important connections, which we know can be so valuable. Um, and then just one final thing from me, it's not necessarily a tip, but we are in the process of developing a framework that will um, help um, academic colleagues to better understand, you know, where we're coming from when we talk about embedded employability. And within this framework, there are some tried and tested methods of how we've developed it, you know, previously, and it's going to be publicly available soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But in the meantime, just get in touch if you want to have any conversations around, you know, how we can enhance and support you within your modules. And we would be delighted to have a chat. Brilliant. Thanks, Charlotte. And as soon as you've got that, if you send it across to us, we can link to it with the podcast as well. So colleagues can access that. Great. Thanks both. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for spending that time with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I really enjoyed that conversation with Dom and Charlotte. I particularly like what Dom was saying about how the innovation involves students from different disciplines all working together to design the digital story, which made the assessment extremely authentic. I think that's really important because teamwork with people from different backgrounds um, will become even more important once these students access the workplace. Um, so therefore it's supporting their future employability. Charlotte also mentioned how the activity explicitly helps students to join the dots between what they're studying now and how it will apply in the workplace in the future. 
Yeah, this really is a great example of how professional service colleagues can work with academics to clearly enhance the student experience. This is a model that careers and employability would really like to replicate because it's so effective. And so academics should definitely get in touch if they'd like to explore this further. Brilliant. Well, if you'd like to take your thinking further, we've added um, some links and further resources to the website on a specific podcast reading list, which you can access at liverpool.ac.uk forward slash the hyphen academy forward slash podcast. Please also do let us know what you thought about the episode. You can tweet us at liveuniacademy and you can also find us at elearnermat or at alexandra underscore owen on Twitter. And we're really grateful for those who have already taken the time to either rate or review our show in your podcast providers app. But you, if you haven't done so already, please do review the show as it really will help others find us. Bye for now.